Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Your host is Michelle Beck. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, thrivers, their friends, and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Michelle Beck. Hello, and welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Michelle Beck. I'm a two-time nine-year woman impacted by breast cancer, and I'm the patient programs assistant at Breast Friends. And when I have time, I write at a blog called I Never Liked Pink. Before we get started with our guest today, I wanted to remind our listeners out there that I am going to be putting together Warrior Stories episodes. Email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org with your stories of inspiration, what helped you through your cancer journey, or how your life has changed for the better since cancer. Submissions should be a few minutes long and in your own words. But let's get started today. I'm so excited. I found our guest on Instagram by seeing who my warrior friends follow. And this amazing woman caught my eye. She can be found at at kb.shineyourlight, otherwise known as Caitlin Burrell. I saw a video that she had posted of herself doing pull-ups the day prior to her mastectomy with no hair looking like a total badass. I knew that I had to meet her and find out her story. And then I stalked her a lot on Instagram. And I saw another post where she was doing serious deadlifting, which believe me, I know very little about, halfway through her chemo treatments. This woman is just a strong, beautiful fighter. The rest of her posts are full of bright smiles, family photos, travel pictures with her adorable husband and dog, Rye and lots more of her workouts and inspirational quotes. But then I also saw that she and her husband had struggles to add to their family. And she was very honest and open about it. And that really made me all the more invested in her story. So I had to reach out and share her with you guys today. So welcome, Caitlin. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself pre-cancer? Like, what was your life like? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Just normal, everyday life was, seems so long ago, uh, but fitness has always been a big part of my life. Um, it's, it was, it, running has always been an outlet for me. Um, always love just spending time in nature, um, reading, writing, spending time with family, friends. Nothing too crazy. <laughs> just the regular. Just a normal, normal girl. I love that. And sorry, listeners, we're getting some feedback today. I'm having some microphone issues, so I apologize in advance for that. But following your story, you live out in Maine. So it's beautiful out there and gorgeous. And it's very obvious that you spend a lot of time outside with your family. What What about your career-wise? What were you doing work-wise before cancer? Yeah, um, I was working for an event planning company. Um, Yeah, which was, there was a lot happening, obviously, with COVID and everything as well, but um, conferences and trade shows, really bigger events, um, and being able to travel. One of the things that I loved so much about my job was being able to travel uh, for work. Mm Yeah. 
and extend it a little bit if I could to be able to explore different cities. And a couple of times my husband was able to come as well and we were able to make a, a little weekend of it. So that was really, really fun. That's the best. As part of my career pre, pre-mom, pre-cancer, I was an executive assistant. So I also did a ton of event planning in my jobs, which I really enjoyed. And oh, travel. How we all miss travel. I know. <laughs> and now I know as I was doing my research on you, you are a certified CrossFit trainer who yes. recently got certified and also a photographer. Yes. So you, you have kept yourself incredibly busy. Um, and you said that fitness is so important in your life. What kind of set you on that fitness journey? Growing up, my parents were always super active. I remember my mom, uh, we have like a three, just over three mile boulevard in Portland where I grew up and my mom would run it and me and my sister would bike alongside of her, um, so from a very, very small age, our, my parents instilled in us like being active and taking care of your body. And my dad has, he biked from California to Maine in 23 days. Like he has done at, um, at 65 years old, he decided he wanted to hike the Appalachian Trail. So he has always been super active. So has my mom and I played sports all through high school, two sports in college, um, so it's just, it's, it's always been instilled in me and just a way that I was able to also continue to, um, you know, when, when cancer's happening, it's like so much is, is uncontrollable, but moving your body is something that I could control. So it, it was definitely a major focus for me. I love that. Uh, Ooh. Ooh. Just hike the Appalachian Trail with him. Yeah, yeah. So he set out to be um, a through hiker, and unfortunately, after a month in, he free fell fifty feet. Um, we are so lucky. He, um, after a month in the Tennessee hospital, he um, was able to come home, and he still has some um, ailments from it. But he is doing great, and he still wants to finish. So he's what they call a through hiker. Um, or a section hiker, I'm sorry. And um, yeah, I was able to just do a section with him last month and I'm going to go again next week with him and we're going to do some more hiking. So it's, it's just wonderful to be able to be a part of something so special to him as well. I love that. So you were leading a full, healthy physical life, your career, your husband, your dog, and then at age 29, you yeah. found out, you heard those words, you have cancer. Can we talk about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so my husband and I, it, and the, just a little bit of a backstory, we got married in 2017. We knew we wanted to wait a little bit to just enjoy being married, the two of us. Uh, we also knew we wanted a dog and um we were also waiting to get a little more settled with finding the next house. So in actually in June, two years ago, 2019, we bought the house that we're in now. And um, that was kind of our, okay, once we're in, we're going to start our family. And we were very lucky, got pregnant right away. Um, and unfortunately miscarried. Um, but my husband and I 100% believe that our baby saved my life. 
because it was from my breasts were changing from losing the baby and my hormones um, and I felt a lump and I was going in for a follow-up for the miscarriage and I was you know my sister is a nurse practitioner my mom's a nurse and I had talked with them and um, even my doctor was like it could just be dried milk like let's let's not get too worried but let's get it checked out I'm so lucky that she was advocating for me to get it checked out as well because I totally could have been like okay yeah you're right like no big deal but that's when I found the lump um, and we moved forward from there with getting um, an ultrasound a mammogram a second ultrasound which then moved into a biopsy and it was exactly two months from my miscarriage that I received my cancer diagnosis oh good times yeah, so it quickly went to like from like family planning to survival mode, um, and very little time for grief or really comprehending what had just happened. Just you know, I mean, you so quickly go into this survival mode of like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen, but I need to just keep moving each day and. Um, yeah, it's scary. Definitely. And I know you had, wow, I'm going to have to change up computers on break here. So you had, did you have a bilateral? Yes. Yep. Bilateral mastectomy with, I was lucky enough to be able um, to do reconstruction mm-hmm. right then as well. Yes. Expanders. Oh, so fun. <laughs> <laughs> now, I love the fact that you talk about how you feel like the baby saved your life Mm -hmm. and it's, it's such a personal journey that you went through, but you've chosen to share it with others. And it's, I'm, I'm really in awe of that. Um, thank you. It's, I, I'm fortunate enough. I, I do have one child and I was very lucky as an older mom that I, I lucked out, um, I, I hit the lottery on the baby, the baby train on that one. And then, then I had my cancer diagnosis. Um, but had you, how long had you got, you guys got pregnant like really fast. Like it was. Yeah. Yeah. So that's wonderful. And so how I, I, I know a little bit, but let's tell our, our listeners, how did your diagnosis and treatment change your plans for a family? Mm. Drastically. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, you know, while we were getting testing just to make sure that, you know, to check and see if it was going to be anything, we were like, okay, let's not try again. Let's just wait until, because they say you can try again right away, but we were like, let's just wait until we get results back on this. And so it was actually the weekend before Thanksgiving that we got the call. And we immediately knew because we were trying to start our family that we wanted to do anything and everything that we could to be able to have a family eventually. Um, So we were very lucky to be able to go through embryo freezing. So we do have five uh, babies on ice. (laughs) Um, I keep telling my husband we need to use all five. 
we have five. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we did that right away in December. We were lucky that that worked. Um, because again, I know lots of friends who have met through this have had unsuccessful um, retrievals. And uh, yeah, I just, so we, we did that in December. They knew that that was something I, we wanted to do and they were willing to give us one try before we needed to start treatment. So we got the babies on... December 28th of 2019 and January 7th um, of 2020, I started chemo. So going right into chemo, we kind of like, we're like, okay, we need to focus on this right now. And we didn't talk too much about how we were going to start our family. We wanted to get through chemo just to make sure that we were in a safe and healthy place. Um, but things have definitely evolved since then. So I'm excited to share more on that, I think, as we as we go a little bit more into the conversation. Well, I think, wow, okay, definitely going to change out that computer. Um, I, I, I saw the most beautiful picture on your Instagram of you and your, of you and your husband holding a sign and um, all you see is your hands and the sign and searching for a surrogate. Yes. So what made you decide if you're, if you would like to share the decision yeah. to not try to carry yourself versus a surrogate? Yeah. So I needed to complete Herceptin for a full year. So December of 2020 is my um, start date. So it's, they say at least two to five years you need to continue on um, hormone medication. So I am on Lupron and Letrozole as of currently. Um, back in December when I did the embryo retrieval, we um, or the egg retrieval and created embryos, I spoke with an oncology fertility doctor and she told me that 50% of women who have hormone related illness or cancer use a surrogate. And I was like, that is wild. Like. I don't personally know any people who have been a surrogate. Now I've met some people, but I didn't know anyone. The only person I could think of was hearing about Kim Kardashian having a surrogate. And I was like, oh, I don't really know too much about this. But I, I, knew, I was like, I really want to carry again. And so I was like, that, that doesn't seem super interesting to me. And um, I had surgery in May of 2020. And... After surgery, I started thinking more and more of everything I had been through. And if I put all the pressure on myself in two, three, four years to hurry up, come off these medications, hurry up and get pregnant, it is very, it felt very stressful. And there's still part of me that's super scared to go through any of this ever again. And because it is related to my hormones, knowing that I wouldn't only come off these medications to normalize my hormones, but I would need to increase them to get pregnant. Um, hopefully sometime down the line, that will feel safe in my heart. But right now, I'm not close to that point yet. So we are looking for a surrogate. Uh, we also feel like there's a reason that we made embryos instead of just freezing eggs. Um, 
and it feels like the most wonderful opportunity for us to be able to start our family by having a surrogate. I love that. Thank you for explaining because I think a lot of people don't really understand the hormones and how, how they affect our bodies. But we're going to continue on this. We do have to take a short break. Remember, listeners, you can make a donation on our website or by texting BF Radio to 41444 to help Breast Friends continue on its mission to ensure that women do not go through cancer alone. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444. Or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Michelle Beck, and we're here with Caitlin Burrell, who is an amazing fighter, fitness 
I, I say fitness freak, but a fitness enthusiast <laughs> because fitness is just not, I, I mean, I want to be fit, but she is my inspiration. But we're also talking about her journey for a family and how cancer affected that. But I know one of the big parts of your journey is your dog. Mm-hmm. And because I love, I have two fur babies myself. I have a golden and a lab. And personally, I know um, my golden helped me so much through my treatment because they're so intuitive. They know when we're sick and when we have things going on. And um, did Rye help you through your, your journey? Oh my gosh, 100%. She, she was such a daddy's girl for treatment. And it's so crazy how she knows when I am not feeling well, even now, like if I have an off day, she knows she has been my buddy. She just, just making me feel safe by having somebody in the house for a long time. I just wasn't feeling okay being alone and just having her here. Also, she would make me get outside on days that were, I just didn't feel like, you know, getting up out of bed and knowing that she was there and, she would go on walks with me no matter how long or short and just, yeah, she's been the best friend throughout this. I love that. Yeah. And in your feed, you also have so many wonderful pictures of kiddos that you hang uh, out with. Yes. So, and it looks like someone recently had a new one as well. Yes. Yesterday, my best friend from my old job, she just had her second baby and she was 10 days old. I got to meet her yesterday. It was so sweet. Baby snuggles and oh my just, gosh. they're the best. I, I got to go down last week into Southern California for my niece's first birthday. And oh I had only God. seen her once before due to COVID. Oh. And it was so amazing just how much that, that fills up your soul. So I think it's, super important and and you're definitely doing the right thing by getting all those baby snuggles and all that because being able to stay positive with everything you're going through is huge and you know i i love the fact that you know we're kind of going to bounce back to the surrogate issue what i mentioned before so you guys you you made your plan you're you know you've got it all in line and you've had hopefully some good discussions with people about potentially so that is that is great news yeah Definitely. I love that. But um, now I kind of want to talk more about getting into your fitness regimen. And so pre-cancer, like what was your typical fitness day? What would you do? Yeah. um, So my husband actually used to own a CrossFit gym. So that's how we really got into it. Yeah. (laughs) And then um, he sold that. But my brother-in-law owns one (laughs) now. And so the fit family. <laughs> so um, I was going probably four or five times a week and running in there. I've um, I run two marathons and since running those, I have kind of cut back on uh, how much I run. So one or two times a week is, is really the maximum that I was doing at that point. But I also love yoga and um, trying to, to supplement with that, but my husband and I created a, a little garage gym for us here. So we have most of the equipment here that we're able to use if we're not able to get to class and stuff like that. I love that. And I've never been a great gym person, but I know that I need to be healthier. 
I, I have, I'm turning 50 this year and I have a 10 year old son. Like I need to be healthy to live longer. Yeah. Um, never been great to go to the gym. So last year, my husband and I, we bought a Peloton and oh, awesome. I'm slightly obsessed. Yeah. It, it's super fun. And I, it's very like, once I build up the habit, if I don't get on there, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I missed my bike today. So yeah. I love the you, fact that I've I've made that habit and now I'm like, okay, when can I get on and when can I do those things? Because it is so important. But how did, once once you started treatment, like the picture of you doing pull-ups and the deadlifting and like, how were you able to continue treatment or continue your workouts during treatment? Yeah. Um, like I said in the beginning, it was the one thing I could control. So, you know, running turned into walking and I found so much joy and just being able to be outside my treatment was through the winter so it, it wasn't super ideal but um I, you know and my goal was to get into the gym two times a week so that you know that that drastically went down but i was continuing to do everything i could and just lowering the intensity a little bit you know lowering some of my weights and just continuing to focus on breathing and honestly being with the community of people as well, because it felt like I was in isolation before COVID even hit because of treatment. So making myself um, going twice a week was not only my social hour, but it was also to keep my body healthy and, and moving and, um, and like you said, also for your sanity. Yeah, 100%. I, I've always said that moving my body is, I used to tell my husband I didn't need like me time because exercise was my me time. Boy, was I wrong though. <laughs> <laughs> Being forced to spend time with myself, I now have realized that I, I need time alone and it's important for me to be with me. Oh my gosh. I, I'm so much like that. I, I am in introverted or excuse me i'm an extroverted introvert mm. so i love people but i re-energize by time for myself and that's yeah. one thing that's been so incredibly hard since covid because i'm never by myself mm -hmm. you know my son started home homeschool march of 2020 never left yeah. and my husband has been home this entire time as well working from home and i and then my two dogs and i'm like I love them all more than life itself, but get out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. need some time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one thing you mentioned, I think in your, the pull-ups post the day before your mastectomy, you wanted to, you were doing that because you wanted to remind your body so it would remember afterwards what it was supposed to feel like. Yeah. I, I, I remember writing that because I didn't, I didn't want anyone to think I was doing show, doing that post to be showy or anything because so many women that I met were like, you're never going to be able to do a pull up again. And so that was like my major goal is I was like, no, I can do this. I know that I can. And I wanted to put that on there because I love how Facebook and Instagram, they let you see your memories. Mm -hmm. so I wanted that to be something that would come up for me to be able to remind myself, hey, you were able to do this and you will do this again. It's super important. I remember, not that I was doing pull-ups before, but 
I, with my mastectomy, I had on one side, I had a latissimus back flap because I had been radiated previously on that side and I wanted reconstruction. Mm -hmm. And even on my other side afterwards, my range of motion was non-existent. Like I could barely lift my arms above my, my shoulders. And now with the help of physical therapy and myofascial therapy, I, you know, I can do all the things again. And <laughs> I'm sure if at some point I knew how to do a pull-up, I, you know, I could pretend to do it, but I, <laughs> I love the fact. And how are you doing on pull-ups now? Great. They feel great. Honestly, um, I'm starting to notice some more joint stiffness. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's more on my elbows and my fingers, yeah. but, um, so I can feel that a little bit more when I do pull-ups now, but otherwise they're feeling, they're feeling great. That's awesome. Such an inspiration for those of you out there who, you know, maybe going through your journeys and think, oh my gosh, well, I can't work out and just like Caitlin said, just modify your intensity. And even if it is just getting off the couch to go for a walk, if that works for your body, do it. Because in the end, you will come out a much stronger person. Yeah, I, I remember that. the first couple of days after the mastectomy, I was, I just, I walked up and down the stairs just a couple times until I was like, you know, tired. And I was like, okay, I'll try again a little bit later, but it doesn't have to be anything crazy. And then we have quite a long driveway. I like, then I started walking to the driveway and back. Like I didn't want to be far from the house. And I totally like just did some, whatever made me feel safe. It's baby steps. Yeah. Start totally. small and then get wherever you can. I saw a post recently or how, how soon after, um, your mastectomy, were you able to like, just, did you start moving again right away? Um, yes, but I actually had a emergency surgery a week later. Um, okay. they ended up taking two of my four drains out, um, a week later and that went well, except four hours after my appointment. Again, like this, it was crazy. I was fine. My mom and I went to go grab some plants at a plant store because I've become a crazy plant lady because <laughs> I don't have babies. I need to grow something and I have all of these plants. So um, we went to the plant store and we came back and I felt really lightheaded. And I told my mom, I was like, something doesn't feel right. And I sat down and she was getting ready to leave. If she had left moments earlier, I don't know what would have happened, but um, the, it ended up bursting an artery wow. when wow. they pulled the drain and it just was slowly pooling up. And so it was mm -hmm. fine for a little while. Ended up having 500 milliliters of blood pooling on my chest. And I'm 45 minutes from the hospital at my house. So my mom said that's the fast like I was in so much pain that the seatbelt even hurt my skin felt mm -hmm. like it was ripping um they rushed me in for surgery my my husband was able to meet us at the hospital but again COVID so he couldn't come in right and right. he said the color of my skin the only other time he had seen somebody that color was at an open casket like mm -hmm. I cannot imagine him seeing me like that and not being able to come in with me and be there and know what was going on and Luckily, everything was great. So all of that to say, 
I was then a, a week back because I had to restart. Like they were able to clean it out, stop and, and fix everything. But um, that made me nervous as well. Um, so walking was all I did for a while. My husband actually ordered a bike for us. But because of COVID as well, it didn't come till September, but that was a hope that I was going to be able to use a bike for a while, um, stationary bike. And um, yeah, walking became really the biggest thing I did. I remember Memorial Day, um, all CrossFits do this workout called Murph, and it's a, a mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 air squats, and then a mile run. And um, because gyms were closed, my sister and brother-in-law came and did it at our house. And I, all I did was I did some squats. So that was, that was like a couple, two weeks, three weeks, maybe I did some squats and I pushed the, the baby stroller for a mile walk and just slowly started to increase things. And once the drains fully came out, I started to be able to try some more, but, um, I did go to physical therapy and they were able to help me kind of increase as necessary. And do you feel because you were young and so fit to start out with that it was easier for you? Everyone kept telling me that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember doctors being like, you're in such good shape, like you're going to be fine. And I, I want to say yes, but I also know that every every body like physical body reacts so differently. Like I know a woman who had the same exact cancer as me went through the same exact treatment and her body reacted way differently. So I tried not to compare myself to other people and just mm -hmm. do what I could do. And honestly, that's helped my mentality so much. Just knowing like that was such a huge eye opener for me to just stop comparing because it, it's never going to be the same situation. And exactly. exactly. Well, we've all hear, heard those words. You have cancer. Everyone has a different path. Yes. Totally. Similarities. Like when you, when you were talking about the, the joint pain, I have a lot of joint pain yeah. and I have from day one, when I started taking the, the AIs, I'm currently on XMS stain, but I'm going to take a break for August because I'm at the point now where it's, it's just built up in my system. Like, but I knew it was bad. I saw my oncologist last week and he goes, how you doing? I'm like, well, my elbows even hurt right now. Those were my yeah. last joints that didn't hurt. But now it's like, oh, hey, my elbows are like, I hurt too. <sighs> so it's, it's a process. But for me, it's worth it because my body is prone to cancer and mm -hmm. I want to be around. So I will take those medications and do the things I have to do. Yeah. But you are one year out from your treatment starting and you just got recertified as a personal trainer. Is that correct? Yeah, I just recertified the CrossFit level one certification. So I actually, so you have to do it every five years. And I had signed up to do it back in 2019, but it was the weekend of the miscarriage. And then the next one I signed up for was the weekend I got diagnosed with breast cancer. So third time's a charm. <laughs> Probably <laughs> took me a couple, couple signing up and uh, to actually make it happen. But it feels so good to finally have the recertification, and um, I'm actually talking about trying to bring a cancer program to 
our gym. So that that would be that would mean everything to me. I love that. And I was going to ask about that if you wanted to potentially focus on cancer patients, because you're coming from a unique perspective where you know about it and you've been there and you can help out in a completely different way. Yeah. And I found a program that um, where they help like facilitate the programming. So I actually have a meeting in at the end of this month to try to get something set up and, um, get something started. I just, I think it would be so, I, I, I'm in a couple um, social groups and people keep talking about just, how do you, how do you keep doing it? How do you keep moving? And I just think that the community aspect is so much of it. And I think it'd be really wonderful to be able to have that as an offering. I love that. Um, incredibly valuable. We do have to take another quick break, but we'll be back in two minutes. So stay with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444. Or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Michelle Beck, and we've been talking with Caitlin Burrell about how she kept up with her physical fitness during treatment with a beautiful smile on her face and what motivates her. So, Caitlin, we were just talking about the, the different CrossFit things and that you did, and you're now recertified as a CrossFit trainer, which is amazing. And I saw a post where you were talking about the CrossFit Open 2021 
and you talked about getting inverted. What is that, and how would that even possibly work? Yeah, so in being inverted would be upside down. So anything, um, so there were handstand, um, handstand walks were what was in the open, and so that's obviously all of your body weight being on your arms, your shoulders, um, which again was a huge deal knowing the, the surgery that I had just been through. And, oh, of course. So it was very exciting. I was so nervous to do it, and I was so proud once I finished. I actually said to my husband that this year's CrossFit Open was the most proud I have been of myself to, and, and I didn't perform the best. Um, you know, I, but I you were out there doing it. Yeah. And it just felt so good to be moving and able to do pretty much everything that I was able to do pre-cancer. Um, there's still some movements that I'm not fully able to do just but I wasn't able to do them before because um, they take a lot of skill. So I'm um, still working on, on some of those. But, yeah, it was really, really rewarding to be able to do that. Oh, it has to be just a huge accomplishment a year after your mastectomy that you're, you're out there being upside down in a competition. And, yeah, yeah no, ma- no matter where you placed or how you did, that is still just huge and I, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to highlight you is because you you took something that you loved so much and continued through it through treatment, and now you're coming out on the other side, and you're succeeding, and you're just killing it, and I love that, and especially becoming recertified as a trainer, and so you can help other people who've gone through this because it's if you can encourage more people who've been through treatment to get into programs like this, that will just help the overall community so much because I can't imagine you find many people impacted by breast cancer in the CrossFit community. So yes and no. Um, There is a community called Barbells for Boobs. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah. It's really amazing. And I, before breast cancer, I had heard of it um, because every October we would do a fundraiser for it. Um, since, like, the past couple of years, they have just been revamping their the program and their offerings to be, because originally they were more focused on helping um, with early detection. Now they're having an additional focus on post-surgery and how we can help you become, come back to the sport, back to CrossFit, um, back to lifting weights in a healthy way post-surgery. And I'm just so proud of the community that they are building and, and how they're moving from instead of early detection is so important, but survivorship is so much harder than I ever imagined. And I totally understand why, it's, you know, doctors aren't necessarily forthcoming with that information because they want you to have something to push forward towards. But at the same time, whew, I wish there was a little more conversation about it because you think you, you get through treatment and, and you're like, okay, I'm better. 
yeah, you may be, you may have the cancer outside of your body, but for me especially, I see life so different now. Exactly. And yes, the doctors are amazing. They get the cancer out of our bodies. The nurses take care of us. But there is a point where you're done and they say, okay, bye-bye. And you're like, yeah. what? what? What do I do now? And, but wow, I'm going to have to do some research on barbells for boobs because that sounds like an amazing program for those who really want to focus on their fitness. But, you know, it's also super important to find support groups. Mm-hmm. For find, we, as we talk about at Breast Friends, you're finding people who get it, who understand, because as much as your friends and your family may be incredibly supportive and want to help you, unless you've gone through some of these things, it's, it's challenging to really 100% understand. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. but, um, now, while you're working out, whether you're training or coaching, is there like a mantra that you use in your head to just, what, what keeps you going? Yeah. Um, well, our family mantra, we actually had it as our license plate. My, mine and my sister's first car that we had was never give up. And it's oh, just something that we've always said as a family. Um, and something my dad has always said is ad- adjust, adapt, and overcome. And I think that that has been so crucial for me, especially through this time, is, okay, you're given a situation. You need to adjust to the situation. You then have to figure out how to kind of adapt, how to make accept these new challenges, and then find a way to overcome it and move forward. And um, my favorite quote, it's even in my like middle school and high school yearbook, has always been, don't let your dreams be just dreams. Because I just feel like so many people set out these, these dreams of something that, that they aren't able to accomplish. And... We can really accomplish anything we set our minds to. And I truly, truly believe that even more so going through all of this, seeing, I've said a couple of times, like to some friends, like I feel like I've had some sense of awakening, like that I've I've been given a a second chance. And um, I just feel like I, I just see life a little bit more bright, more like, just more different. Pressure. Yeah. And that if there's something you really want, you got to go for it. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all those, all those quotes. I, I feel like I'm going to have to like take one and put them all over the boards in my house. My, my, the... <laughs> okay. Someone is calling in on my phone. What are the odds of that right now? Um, <laughs> sorry. What now? Your journey has a lot of different aspects to it, and with the miscarriage, that's something that's very personal, but it's really bound up in your journey, and what made you want to share that? Yeah, um, the big reason I ended up sharing was because I, I I felt alone, and I knew I needed support, and... I remember I was working at the event planning company and um, 
people would walk by my desk and they'd be like, hey, how's it going? And I would just pretend and be like, oh, good, you know, how are you? And I remember this one time in particular that I was like, I hate feeling like I have to pretend that I'm okay. I'm not. I want to break down in tears. I want to be like, I just want to go home. I, I don't feel okay. And um, it was, I actually ended up sharing on um, infant loss and um, Miscarriage Awareness Day, which is in October. And the out, like the amount of people that reached out to me, I cannot even put into words. Like people that I knew that I was close with and had no idea they had experienced this. Um, it broke my heart, first of all, that they were suffering in silence. And I'm by sharing, I started to connect with people. And so because of sharing the miscarriage and meeting all these amazing people that were just feeling so much shame around it, I knew that I needed to talk more about it. And then when the breast cancer diagnosis came, I was like, there was no question in my mind that I was going to share. Um, it was, a, it was just a, a timing thing. Like, when am I ready to put this out here? But because I had so much support going into that from the, the miscarriage, I was like, being vulnerable really taught me how to connect with people and that there is nothing to be ashamed of and we need to talk more about what we're going through. Exactly. And I think actually that's been highlighted quite a bit in the past year in terms of miscarriages with the, the personalities that have shared their stories. Chrissy Teigen was obviously very personal and, or excuse me, very public with her loss. And then Meghan Markle and, and not that, and, but I think just having more people share and it, it, like you said, it, it makes you vulnerable, but it also will give you the support that you need because people don't know what you need unless you're able to share, which is huge. Exactly. Um, yeah. That reminds me of one of your posts that you had written, and you say, scars remind us that though we were wounded, we've been healed, mm -hmm. which I, I think is so poignant because myself personally I have I have mastectomy scars I have my hysterectomy scars I have c-section scars all of these things have happened to my body yet my body is strong and I'm still here and mm -hmm. I'm sure that motivates you to keep going as well definitely I mean I was just outside earlier and um I have where they took lymph nodes out and I I just like got a glimpse of it and at first, it kind of makes me sad, but I'm like, I'm still here. Like, I survived this, and I get to enjoy this beautiful life. Be like, I had to go through that to be where I am today. Exactly. And I know we only have a couple minutes left, but you, what are you doing now? You have an exciting new project going on. Yeah. Um, so I am opening a coffee shop. It has always been a huge dream of mine to have a coffee shop, and um, I decided, like I said, it's not going to be just a dream. I am going to work to make this happen, and um, 
it, it feels like a dream. Like it just like the things that are coming together have just been so, so wonderful. And I am really proud of myself for finally just stepping into it as well. That's awesome. And really quick, one thing that I know we literally have like 30 seconds left, but you referenced the word shine a few times and you just changed your Instagram handle. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, I had a friend reach out and my, my old name had the word, it was fit to fight. And that was kind of like, uh, uh, what we used for a fitness event that, um, my gym had put on for fundraising for me. And, I loved it, but she brought up the idea of the law of attraction and that we, like, having the word fight in the name, she's like, I, I just feel compelled to tell you this. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you did. And shining your light has always been something that I've kind of, I've, 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 I've said to people, and especially over this last year, I feel like I have noticed so many people that are just like hiding their strength and hiding their light. And I want the world to just embrace who they are and embrace the light that's within and just let themselves shine. And so when I was thinking of a, a new name for my Instagram shine your light just kept coming and it's it's also in my bio I, and I didn't notice that until after I changed the name I was like it's right here I was th trying mm -hmm. to look for something and I've had it here all along like it's been there the whole time yeah well awesome Caitlin thank you so much for being here today you are such a strong and amazing woman who inspires every day and I can't wait to continue to follow your journey. Listeners, you can find her at kb.shineyourlight on Instagram. Please follow her and just send her love and support because she is awesome. Thanks for being here today and remember, we'll be back next week. We rise by lifting each other. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Please join Michelle Beck again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We rise by lifting each other.